this morning. Um, wow, I've done it empty out when I own people get out. Oh, yeah, amazing, eh? It's great. Um, it's, one of, it's one of these things that I didn't realize I was definitely preaching until Wednesday. And then God gives me that much, and then you've got that much time, um, and I've only got that much brain, so it does take a little while for it all to process. So we'll, we'll just see what I get time to fit in this morning. Um, right, okay. Are we ready to go, Ralphie? Okay. Right, okay. Uh, turn me in your Bibles, if you would, um, to Ephesians 2. Now, just see so you there. Now this morning, if I hold in my hand a British passport, because I am a British citizen, I'm born here, so I have a British passport, yeah? When I, when I hold that up, um, I can go almost anywhere in the world with that passport. Because the British passport is one of those passports that it's kind of like if you were putting passports on a bit of a you know, um, desirable league, it's kind of up there in the Champions League spots. It's, it's one of the ones that you want to have. You know, we're hated less than the Americans, <laughs> um, but, we're, but because of, of how much influence we have in and around the world, you can pretty much go wherever you want. But it's not just what the British, where the British passport can take me that makes people want to have one. It's what it also entitles you to. Because if you're a citizen of the, if you have a British passport, then you're a UK citizen, which means you're entitled to all the things that any citizen of the United Kingdom is entitled to. So what are we entitled to? There's a million things, but you're entitled to the protection of the UK, the armed forces. You know, in terms of how we are, we we not we have a we have a strong defence network. We are we are we are we are entitled to state benefits. Now between this room and well, there's been a multicultural uh, multi not multicultural multi generational church, pretty much I would say almost every benefit going someone in this room is is getting, whether it's child tax credit, housing benefit, job seekers allowance, state pension, income support, no matter what it is. Most of us at some point have had it or are, or are having it at the moment, yeah? Would we agree with that? Because not, you know, not one, of the, one of the things that we all know is a very contentious subject is that a lot of people like to come to this country because of the benefits you get. And this is one of them. You also have freedom of belief and speech. Now, now are we, were you persecuted for coming to church this morning? No, you weren't. But also, I work in Oldham, a very Islamic area, and... They're not persecuted going on the way to the mosque. And neither is the Jew going to the synagogue. We have freedom of speech. We have a free press association. We can, we, we know, we're, not, we're not like sort of North Korea where there's only one channel on the TV and that's the North Korean governmental channel. And you only hear what you're told you're hearing. You know, we're not like China where you're not allowed Google. This is, this is we, are, we are a free country. There's economic betterment. You come into this country, whether we can, we can talk or want about the recession, but the reality is we are still one of the strongest economies in the world. If you want to go to a country where you want to earn money, again, we're high on the list. And education. Again, you can, we can moan about our education, but talk to people who've, been, who've lived in other countries, and they'll tell you, in, there is no even comparison to the education you can get in this country compared to you can get in many other countries. So when you hold a British passport, it's a powerful document. And it symbolizes something very powerful. And I want to start off in Ephesians 2. I really want this morning to look. Now I'm, I'm very aware that, and I hope I don't end up, you know, shooting myself in the foot at any point. So forgive me in advance if I do. Um, but we have a lot of people in, this, in, in our house, and we're blessed to have them, that did not, were not born in this country. But I've come over to this country and are now here. And many of them are now actual, and many of them hold the same passport that I do, and, we, and many of us do, British passport, yeah. And some of them just, but, but but the ones who don't have a document that says you can stay here as long as you want. 
So either way, so and, and that, it's a visa. If you want to go outside, if, we want to, if I want to go on holiday to Malaysia or I want to go on holiday to, to many other countries outside the EU, I need a visa, don't I? If, but if somebody wants to come into this country outside the EU, they also need a visa. And I really want to look at this whole thing of this process, and, but also how these highlight attitudes within the house and within the body. And I'll be, it'll, it'll become clear as we go on. But I want us to start in Ephesians 2. And we're going to read from um, verses 11 to 13 and then 19 to 22. So it starts off here. Therefore remember that formal you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus you who once were far away, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And we all said, Amen. Consequently, verse 19, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. One of my all-time favorite passages of scripture. No matter how many times I read it, it inspires me, it lifts me, it makes me understand so many things. So we see here, that as Christians, we have been brought into citizenship by the completed work of Jesus Christ. For, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by him. And now as a foundation, we can be built in such a way that God can live and dwell in us through spirit. We, in an instant, became the moment we said, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and will you come into my life, forgive me for all my sin, and I will live for you. That moment, you became a citizen of heaven. That is something that we should celebrate. You know, how easy was that? Jesus Christ did all the work for us. We didn't have to pay a price. There was no price I had to pay. All I had to do was believe in my heart and say a prayer. That's not difficult by anybody's standards. That's not hard. And so what I want, and we have to understand that as Christ is the cornerstone, he did the work before, in order for us to become citizens. But in the kingdom of God, as it says, in him the whole building is joined together to rise and become a holy temple, and in him you are being built together. So what we see here as Christians is to become a citizen is the easy bit. To stay a citizen is where the work begins. It's not that you'll get kicked out. You know, God will never leave you nor forsake you. It's not the same. But there is a work that Christ begins in us only after we enter into the kingdom. And we have to see this. In, in, I'm going to talk about the, the, the way... Many of our guys will, will see it's totally opposite in, in the, the other way around in the world. In that we are, there, we are here to be built and joined together. That takes work. So in order for that to happen, there has to be a work on the inside of you that Christ has to begin. Because this whole house, now not this physical building, but this, the, it talks about Christ being the chief cornerstone. The cornerstone is the thing that keeps the whole building up. The thing that keeps, if I do this, I was, I, was, I, was, I was doing this this morning with prayer. If I do this, what's keeping my whole body from hitting the ground? My arm. So in this particular particular position, my arm is the cornerstone to stop me whacking my head on that rock. Well, not a rock, but you know, that thing. <laughs> That's what Christ is for the church. 
And he's building us together around that. But there has to be a work. And it's, not, it's a work that has to join you and I together in order for God. God just doesn't say, oh, I'll, I'll just start flowing through you. No, no, there's a work that has to happen in order for that to take place. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. And I, but I want, to, I want to look at how, and I, it's funny because I, I, I rang Elijah last night and I was asking him just a few questions because it's like, I don't want to get this wrong and say, oh, this is the way you do it. And he goes, no, it's not. Because I realized that there's a lot of people in here who know more about visas than I do. I've only ever had to have a visa once or twice and they have holidays. Um, but I want us to look at two particular kind of visas. One of them is a working visa. And one of them is a tourist visa. Because those are probably the two. Now there's millions of different kinds of visas. There's tons of them. I went on the website and there's just reams of them. Absolutely tons of them. But for now, let's pretend there's only two. <laughs> just to make life easy. There's only two. There's the tourist visa and there's the working visa. And you can't, many of you know that if you come on a tourist visa into the country, you can't stay here for longer than what it says in the document. And you can't come and work because your visa says you're here for a holiday and then you're going home. So if you want to stay and build something here, you have to get a working visa. And the thing is, the, the, the funny thing is this. We came into the kingdom and what did we have to do? We simply had to say a prayer. But before you even take a visa... Before you even get to the other country, you've got to pay for your visa. There's a cost before you even get on the plane. Whereas with us as Christians, there was no cost. And, and this is the thing. They have to prove that not only are they working and paying their taxes when they get here, but that they are of good standing by abiding by the laws of this nation. You see, our government don't make it easy if you want. I mean, we might think it is. We might think it's easy for people to get into this country. But it's not that easy. If you want to stay, the government wants to know, are you going to be good for this country? Are you going to be an active member of enhancing what we are and who we are? And so, as the guys will, as, 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 as you'll see with the visa, you get maybe a two-year visa. So how long did it take you to become a citizen of the United King, of, of, of Heaven when you said that prayer? Was it not the moment full stop came at the end of the sentence? The moment you accept Jesus' life into your heart, the moment you came in. Whereas with a, with, with a working visa, a man and a woman have to come, get a job, stay in that job, Prove that not only can they stay in a job, can they pay taxes, can they do all that, but they've also got to show that they are of good conduct, of good character, that their nature is good, that, you're, that I would like you to stay here. If somebody was in here and they're trying to cheat you out of the place, you're not going to want them to stay here, are you? You want them to go, if you had a shop and someone came into your shop and rather than buying goods, they're trying to steal goods, they would soon be out of the door, would they not? And it's kind of the same with the country. They want to make sure that you're not coming in here and taking or abusing. What you're actually doing is you're coming in here to work for the betterment of the nation. And so what that does, what that does, because it takes so long, is, and I think a lot of you will agree, it creates a working habit. It creates an attitude of work. If I come over here and I want to gain the benefits of, the, of what a citizen of the United Kingdom would have, I have to earn it. I have to work at it. I have to show consistency. Would that be right? And so all these things we start to see. That, because, and, and, why, and why does it do that? Because, and I've seen it, and I've seen it before, because, I've, because again, we're, we're part of the, some of the people I've met through my job, they, cheat, they try and cheat the system. They come over, they get a job, they don't pay taxes, they don't pay nothing, they just take what they can. And guess what? They get deported. And the thing is, the reason why it creates this kind of work, workman-style attitude is because they know that the moment they, they decide to go the other way, everything they're trying to work for can be destroyed. And they go into a lounge called deportation lounge. And they've got to go back to the place that they wanted to leave in the first place. But as Christians, we don't have 
It's almost like, well, you're, you're in the kingdom of God. So, ta-da. Welcome at the door. In you go. But there's a work that has to take place from the moment you step in the door. Jesus says, I, I, I'm starting a work. But often... Now, if we had the mentality of someone who had a working visa, then we would appreciate the value of being able to stay here. You know, now, if you, if you want to be, I was also looking at um, the citizenship thing. So the, the sort of stuff you have to say as a citizen. Now, look, 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 I've not got everything, but there's, there, it says there's a, for useful citizenship in the UK, it says, I, so put, I, Paul Duffield, swear by Almighty God and do solemnly, sincerely and truthfully affirm and declare that on becoming a British citizen, I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, her heirs and successors according to the people. This is, this is what, if you want to become a part of this nation, this is what you've got to say. And then there's an, another bit that says, I will give my loyalty to the United Kingdom and respect its rights and freedoms. I will uphold its democratic values. I will observe its laws faithfully and fulfill my duties and obligations as a British citizen. So if you want to become a genuine citizen of this country, that's what you have to pledge, amongst other things. Because there's a standard that is required for you to remain as such. If you want to, you, you've, got to, you've got to not only earn it, but then you've got to make a pledge to maintain it. But as Christians, we don't think so. Or, we, or sometimes we allow ourselves not to think so. And this is what I'm going to come on to. But there's an attitude of, well, Jesus loves me and I'm in. We, said, we sang this morning, give thanks that you are in the Lamb's Book of Life, that you're, that you're in. Well done, you're in. But many of us, that's where it stops and starts, starts and stops, is we get into heaven, great, brilliant. But if, you, if you've had to go through the process of anyone who's had to go get a visa, you understand the value of what you're saying. That there is a standard that you have to keep. There are laws you have to keep. There are, stand, there, are, there are disciplines and there are other things that you have to, you have, to have loyalty. You have to give yourself. See, when you, when you work in a, in a country like England and you've come from a poorer background, it's not that you don't love your country. Whatever you're right in saying, those of you guys who come over, that you, you start to feel an affirmation. Uh, you start to feel a love for the country you're in. Would, that, would, that, would, would you think that would be right? If, this, if, if you've, you've come here and all the things you're hoping for are now beginning to happen, would you not think that you'll begin, you'll now start to feel a bit British? Doesn't mean you, you reject who you are, where you came from, but there has to be almost a, there's got to be a heart shift towards this nation because it's this nation that's given you. And if you're going to have a British passport, that says a lot about you because your identity is changing. Who you are isn't changing. If you came from, from another nation and you have a British passport, it doesn't mean that you've forsaken your, your motherland, but you've made a declaration about how you will be for the rest of your life. Now, I won't ask you what I was going to ask you then. I'll go on to the next thing. Let's look at a tourist visa. Let's look at someone who has to have a tourist visa. So, a tourist visa is is designed by, for someone who wants to go to a country and have a holiday. Now, what's the mindset of a person on holiday? The mindset of a person on holiday is, I'm here to have a good time. I'm not here to give and work for the nation. I'm here just to take whatever the nation's got because that's why I'm here. Because the picture in the brochure said it looked nice. Or someone else said, it looked nice. So you go for that purpose. You wouldn't go if it looked rubbish, would you? That's why no one goes to Stoke for a holiday. It doesn't look that nice, does it? <laughs> you know, let's go to Slough. No, we don't know not. But that's why, why do you go on a holiday? You go on a holiday because either someone told you it was really good or because you've seen a picture on a brochure and it sounds really good. So you go and you take your resources with you. 
Many of the people who come over to this nation on a working visa don't have much. That's kind of why they're coming here. To have more than what they had in their old life. But when we go, we go kitted up and loaded up with our euros or our dollars or whatever else it is, your ringgits or whatever else you, you do. And your intention is to spend it on me. See, I went on holiday two years ago to Greece. And we went all inclusive. Oh, it was awesome. Love it. I get off the plane. I paid me, I paid me money. I get off the plane. Lady comes to hello, is, this, is it Mr. Duffield? Yes, it is Mr. Duffield. Would you like to come with me? So here's your, I've got your coach waiting for you. Oh, lovely. Oh, don't worry about them bags. I'll take those bags for you. So we go over. And then we get off our coach. They take our bags off us. I walked into reception. They introduced me. I sent a couple of papers, yada, yada, yada. Right, okay, sir. Now, uh, Emmanuel, whatever his name is. I don't know what his name was. Um, you know, Stavos, I was in Greece. So Stavos. Stavos will now take you on one of these, these really cool buggies. And you, you don't have to walk to your hotel room. Oh, no, no, sir. Don't walk to your hotel room. We'll, we'll take you in one of these little golf buggies. He takes us off. He shows how everything works. He does all that. I then go to sleep. Have a lovely evening sleep. I wake up in the morning. I come down. And look, there's this a mountain of food all prepared for me. So, I get and I get and, and do I have to go and find my own seat? No, I don't have to find my own seat. A man comes and says, Hello, Mr. Duffy, would you like to come this way? Would you like tea or coffee? Yes. And then I go to my buffet and then I eat all I want and I come back. And because I'm greedy, I go back for seconds. I come back after seconds and my plates are been taken away. And there's more tea or coffee there for me. I then walk away. I think, I know, I'll go for a swim. There's a swimming pool. It's already been prepared for me. And there's a man, Stavos again, because he really works out, Stavos. He's at the bar now, just in case I want an orange juice or a Coca-Cola. Whenever I want him. And then if there's any issues at all, I've got reception open 24-7 for your convenience. And And everything they do is if I have an issue, I ring them up and they sort it. Am I doing any work? No, it's great. (laughs) It's a holiday. But it's for a finite period of time. But what I want to address this morning, took a long way to get here, haven't I? But, is the mentality of a tourist is in the church. You see, there's two kinds of people. See, Jesus started a work in you. But it takes somebody with a working mentality to allow that work to continue. But what we're finding as Christians is because we've just been accepted like that, and because we get told about the love of Jesus, and because we get all that, we act like a tourist. Let me put some things in. Now, I'm not saying any of these are you. I'll let you tell them if it's you. Okay? By coming to church and maybe giving some money, we believe this is our way of payment and loyalty to God. So when you walk by, you're in the building. You know, a lot, of, a lot of tourists will say, you should be glad that I chose your hotel because I paid my money to your hotel and I, I'm the reason why you all have a job. And that is our tourist. It doesn't, you might not walk around wagging your finger at the staff and saying that. I know you don't do that. The pattern is, is some people, simply because they give their money and they come to church, which is normally a day of rest, of course, on a Sunday, this attitude comes in that, well, that's enough. Because I'm here, you've got some of my money, so that's my loyalty. That's me being a true citizen of of the kingdom of heaven. And then we get those. If we have an issue, we use the leadership like we use the receptionists in a hotel. So, M was ill on our last night. On our last night, M was really, really ill uh, in, in Greece. And she was chucking up everywhere. And it was, it, was, it was a mess. So, we ran out of toilet paper. And so, what do I do? Ding, ding, ding. Could I have some fresh toilet paper, please? Certainly, Mr. Duffield. Put it down. Second later, Stavos again. We've got some more toilet paper. Now, that, okay, in that instant, we needed it. I don't have access to their toilet paper room. But what the tourist mentality does is my problems can be sorted by somebody else. And we've begun, because we don't allow a work, because the working mentality has not set into us that we don't allow Christ to continue in the work when we never even consider 
that actually I can deal with this myself, me and God. The work that Christ is trying to do in me, I can fix myself. No, no, we, we think someone, somebody else's job to do it because that's what you're here for. Would that, not, would that not make sense with some people? That this is how we treat our leaders. Not, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not moaning here, but I'm saying that does, it's not about helping us. Does that help you? That you spend your entire life looking to somebody else to tell you how to sort all your issues out. No, the, the leadership are here, of course, for that sort of thing. That's why we have each other as well. However, if the mindset, understand, if the mindset is always to get someone else to fix it, that's the only way, that's the only behavior you'll ever understand. And that's the only way. And you'll become weak because you won't understand how to be able to deal with things between you and God. Because there is no work going on inside you. Because the tourist mentality has taken over. Let's look at another one. We sit there and we watch others doing all the work. Now, when I, now when I was in, now I was, I, I like to talk to the staff. And the hotel where we went to, there was some brilliant staff there. And they work from 7 a.m. till 10 p.m., seven days a week, for seven months straight. That's hard work. They were up an hour before I get my breakfast to make sure it's ready. They're there to pack down so the next morning everything's ready. They're at the bar all the time. So I, now I don't think about what other people are doing because I'm just having my holiday. I'm enjoying the things that I like about this hotel or this complex or whatever I want to do. And I'm having my jolly good time. And I know at no point do I think about that I haven't done anything apart from I paid me money when I came in the door. And in the church, you know, that old adage of 20% do 80% of the work. How can we, if we go back to Ephesians, how can we be a house that is built together? If you try and build a temple for the, for the, for the Lord God, I know you've only got 20% of the bricks. How, what kind of temple are you going to have? It's going to be an igloo. Now, God is not held ransom by those things. But we have to see that this is not about you have to volunteer for absolutely everything. But is there a work going on inside you? Because if a work is going on inside you, then there has to be a manifestation on the outside of you. We've been talking about discipleship. We've been talking about the, the, um, the archers getting ready to fire. If there is no work of prayer going on inside, then there is definitely going to be no work going on on the outside. If there is no desire on the inside for the, for, to, to know our God better, then there's going to be no effort on the outside. And we end up coming to church week in, week out, like we're a tourist. Like we're here and we're everyone else. We don't even take a second thought of how many hours I didn't sleep last night while I was trying to sort this thing out in the stupid printer. Um, or, 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 the, or, or the little things that we do. And it's not about you have to make sure you're doing everything. But it's, there's a mentality here that is bigger than just those little individual things. Do we come in and do we come out week in, week out and have no conscience about what we are not doing? And what others are doing. And here's the big one. That I, that I, that I only thought this is after. But we do not see the need to make deep and open relationships with those around us. If you're on holiday and you're there for a week. What's the point in trying to make a really deep relationship with someone? You know now, yeah it's great. We meet friends on holiday. Oh you're from Southampton, I'm from Manchester. Isn't it weird? We're both English and we're in this place and it's great. And you learn about what they do and they learn about what you do. And then your kids can go and play together because it's nice. And you do all those kind of things. But is there anything deep going on? No, you're just having a good time. But does that not ring a bell in church? Discipleship, anyone who's been in the discipleship groups knows that it's awkward to stay back. Because it's meant to be. If we are going to be built together, that God may dwell through us by his spirit, 
then there has to be a unity. And that unity cannot come by you just spending five minutes talking to someone at the end of church and then going home. And then you've got all your friends wherever you've got them, but there's no connection in here. Now I'm going to ask you a question. If any of you had a real issue, how many of you would actually have a, has, has a deep enough relationship with someone in the house to be able to come to them and explain it and reveal it? Or how many of you actually would immediately go to people? I mean, I'm talking outside the leadership now. And how many of you would immediately go to somebody else? Because we have to start to judge now what kind of work is going on in us. Is there a work going on in me? Because if you don't do it, then all these things will just go on week after week, month after month, year after year. But we're coming to it, but God is trying to bring us to a point where Jesus started a work in us. The next one. We do nothing to find more resources as we think we already have what we want and what we need. When I'm on holiday, I bring my money with me, don't I? And that's all I need. I don't need anyone else's help. I don't need what you've got because I've got my own money. And all my money is going on me because it's my holiday. Any resources I get, I've got a mate who goes, who goes to Vegas. If he goes to the slot machines and he wins it, he doesn't go and find the nearest orphanage or he doesn't go and find the nearest charity box. He'll just spend it more on himself. Because the tourist mentality is it's all about me. It's about what's good for me. It's about what I like. Because I've justified doing that by paying my money at the door to get in. And everything about what we do is based around us. I don't need what this, this discipleship because I already have my own opinions. I already have my own background. I already have my own, my own uh, friends and family. I already have what I need. But I come to church because it's a good thing to do. I come to church because I know it's right. There's got to be, is that, if that's the way, but guess what? Those resources, eventually, if you stay in a country long enough, those resources will run out. We have a particular, because um, in, in, I work for a bank, we have a particular um, sort of procedure for when someone's stuck abroad. So if you go into a country, and like you say, with Egypt, when all the, all the riots were going on, and you're stuck there, and you can't get a flight home, once, you, once your spending money's gone out, You've got nothing because you're not, you've not even thought about, you're not there to work. You're there just for a holiday. But you see somebody with a working visa, his entire mindset is based on serving someone, creating, finding the place to get that resource and, and, and find resources, not just for himself, but for others. Because generally you'll have your family, you'll have your kids. You, you want to leave a le- Your mindset is totally different. That you come here to work. But when we come into the church, that's the last thing on many of our minds. But Christ says, I have a work that I have begun in you. I did all the work to get you here. But now you're here. There's a work that has to start inside you. And we've got to work it out. But if, we, but if we don't recognize the behaviors and the attitudes that we build up in our Christian life, then, then we are blocked from being able to receive anything fresh from the Holy Spirit. And here's the, here's, the, here's the one. We only come back if we like it. If I don't like COS in Greece, I'll just go to Benidorm next year. I, I like the beaches though, so I might come back for the beaches. I like that. I like this church because the worship's all right. It's good that, yeah, it's good. So I'll, I'll probably come back next week. And I, and I like it because there's, there's stuff for my kids to do. So I, my, my kids get, they like, the kids like it. It's good for the kids. See, but Pete, this, if this, 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 mind, this is the tourist mindset. I'll come back. But if I don't like it, I'll just go somewhere else. Because a church is just a church. There's no concept of the work that Christ is doing on the inside of us. There's no, there's no, there's no thought that before, that bef- the reason why Christ did the work was because he had a predestined plan for your life. That his, 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 his plan was to take you from a place without hope or a covenant to bring you into a covenant and to bring you into a hope. But to be a genuine citizen of the kingdom of heaven, there are standards that we have to, that we have to stay to. There is a work that has to happen within us. If it doesn't, then all we are is we're, we're not real citizens of the, of the kingdom of heaven. 
Now let's look at, now if you could, if you could, we come to Philippians. I don't know what time it is, what time we are. Okay, we're okay, all right. You still with me? Okay. Come to Philippians. And now I want you to see the, the stark contrast of what we've been talking about. And again, I'm not saying there's anyone in this room like that. This is for you to decide and for, for, and for God to convict you, not me. But it says here, Philippians 1, verses, and we're going to go from verse 3 to verse 11. And Paul, the Apostle Paul is speaking to the church in Philippi and says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry on to completion until the day of Christ. Now here's the thing. This scripture is used a lot and we all take courage of it. That says that being confident of this, but we ignore that bit. We just say that he who began a good work in you will bring, will carry on to completion. Not if you're a tourist. Because you're not partnering with God. Why was Paul confident of this? Because, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Paul was not talking to just church members. He was talking to his partners. Partners in this work that Christ is doing in each of them. It was going on in Paul and it's going and it was going on in them. So he can be confident of the work that, that will come to completion because they were partnering and willing to let the work of Christ manifest on the inside. And why was he confident? Because he can't see what's going on in the inside because he saw an outworking of what was going in. That's how, that's the only way you or I can know something about each other from what we see on the outside because no one can see what's going on in your mind. No one knows what's going on in your heart. It only, we only reveals itself when we see your actions. And Paul was talking to partners. So this scripture is used so much of, you know, hold on to that. It'll all be completed. Not if you're not even thinking about this work. Not if you're willing that you don't want this work. Because I'm a citizen now. So all I want to do, because here's the thing. In, in this generation now, there is a generation called, state, called the state-funded generation. Everything they own is paid for by the state. Their house. Their, their, you know, even if you go to a job, they pay for a suit for you. Everything around them. So why do I need to do anything? We take for granted that which we have and then think it doesn't matter. I don't need to. You talk to some of these guys. Now, what the great thing, when I look at some of our young people, I look at Tumbi and to Onga and Niza and I look, at, I look at Pendo and I look at some of our other guys that, that are in there. They're brilliant students. And they're doing well. Why? Because there was a mentality. You should be thankful for what you have. The school you're at, the education you're getting, the place you live, was, was, there was a price that was paid to be here. And so you, the fruit that you're living in came from a place where someone had to go through that process of working and sacrificing. But in the Christian faith, that doesn't happen. If we don't have that mentality, that there might be a sacrifice on the way, that we might have to, we might have to pull and tug and work with Jesus, then guess what? We're never in the race. We're not in the race because we're not looking for it. We just want church to be like a tourism place with all those desires that we mentioned before. If those attitudes are in, then the house of God is stunted. Now God will always, always have his house built. We can't hold God to ransom, but you can hold your own life to ransom. You can hold your own development to ransom. Now let's continue with the scripture in verse 7. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you sharing God's grace with me. So it doesn't matter what Paul's doing, they're sharing it with him. If he's in prison, they're sharing it with him. If he's in chains, they're sharing it with him. If he's under, if he's under persecution, they're sharing it with him. Because the part, and we're, we're with you in this work until the end. Doesn't matter. If you're in prison, we'll come and meet your needs. 
If you need some, some of us to travel to another nation to come and be with you, then we'll come and be with you. But at the same time, as we are right now, pastors away, when the Apostle Paul was away, does that sound like a church that is in disarray? No, it's a well-ordered house. Because the mentality is fixed. The work of Christ is, be, is in the people. And it's being allowed to be worked in the people. So it says, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Now here's the next bit. I love this bit. And this is my prayer. That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. So that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. If there is no work, there is no love. If there is no love, then there's no knowledge and depth of insight. And if there's none of that, then how do you know? How can you discern what is best? So many, Pastor Tony, when I was listening to his sermons the other week, he said, know the battle. Know the right battle. What battle you got to face. If you have no insight, no knowledge, how are, you, how are you to discern what is best, what is right, which battle to fight? But remember, go back again to Ephesians when, it, when we go back and say from the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ himself as the cornerstone so the word there's a discipleship there's, there, there's knowledge you understand that we need that's what discipleship's for that's why it's there because when you become a see just because and I'll use John because I can see him just because John has now got a British passport he still he can still have the culture of a Zambian he can still have some of his old ways, some of his old methods, some of his old habits. But when, you, when he came into the UK, he had to make a pledge. He had to align his thinking with that of the nation he now lives in. Because you can go to all different nations and there's some funny, peculiar things to us that happen. But it's not to the locals. But we here, when we come into the kingdom of heaven, we have to align what our past things, experiences, thoughts all those have to come into alignment with now what the kingdom of heaven says. What the standard of Christ is saying. So how we live in order that we may know. And that we can be, the whole building can be joined together. And what's it then going to do? It's then going to rise. But the discipleship comes in order for us to be built together. If we can't be built together, how can we rise? How can a temple be, be established? Then how can God move in us by his spirit? So if we, if we act, if we do not have this mentality, and then, then the thing at the end in, 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 in um, Philippians, it says that we may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness. Filled with the fruit of righteousness. What does that say? To be filled, there has to have been a work. Something has to have been happening to fill you up. So if you've, for you to be filled with the fruit of righteousness, fruit means something must have gone before it to bear that fruit. A work had to go before for that fruit to be in your life. Does that make sense? So, you know what? The question comes now. If we say and we stand and we declare that we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven, that we love Jesus, then I'm going to ask the question, why would you reject discipleship? Why would you reject the notion of intercessory prayer? Why? See, intercessory prayer, in many ways is your ability to love someone else enough to take time out of your life to pray to Almighty God on their behalf. But you know what the tourist does? The tourist says, you know what? There's all these people working here, so it don't really matter if I don't. Because I can watch everyone else work and I don't have a conscience. I don't have a conscience about it because that's not what I'm here for, really. I'm here to have a good time and to see the sights and to enjoy things. I like being around the place because it's a nice environment. 
That's what hotels do. They spend millions of pounds making the environment nice for you. But a worker, a true citizen, someone who is wanting to show themselves as a son, as a servant, as a soldier. This is someone who says, I have to allow this work so that love may abound in me. That this love may abound and give me a deeper level of knowledge and insight. So now I see why. Now I see, I understand why it's imperative that we don't stop praying for baby Danielle. That we don't stop praying for those people who, who, who are around us. Now we can't pray for every single person. But if we are all, each having the mentality of a worker. Because the Bible says, and I haven't got time to go to it now. But the worker is worth his wages. In Luke 10, the worker is worth his wages. And it was the worker who was worth his wages, who was part of the 72 that went out. And they were the, he, they were the ones that came back gloriously and saying that we went in, we had nothing. We had nothing, but we didn't go in for ourselves. We went in, all we asked for was a place to rest and a place to eat. And then we went and we healed their sick and we were able to transform the place. And then we were able to come back and say, oh, even the demons bowed to the name through us. Because they had the mentality, they allowed the work of Christ to come in. But I'm going to ask you a question that if Jesus had to put a stamp in your, in your kingdom passport by your actions and by the content of your heart, which visa would he stamp? Because it is only by this work that Christ began. It is only by the heart willing to abound in love for Jesus and for his kingdom and for what his kingdom stands for and for the commands of his kingdom and for the laws of his kingdom that we then begin to accept the, the teachings of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone and we begin to rely on the cornerstone of Jesus and then we can be built together and then we can rise together and then we can become a holy temple which is pure and blameless and is filled with the fruit of righteousness. And that's the house that God will work through by his spirit. That's the hand, that's the house that when they stand against sickness, sickness will be healed. That's the house that when they stand to say, we're not having this and this in our land or in our street or in our families or in our lives, that's where God will move. And that's the place where Jesus can walk into the room because he knows in this room, I am already the cornerstone. Because, and in this room, I see bricks. I see bricks that have been joined together because they've allowed me to work them, to put them into shape. So I fit side by side with Chris. Me and Chris, look, me and stand up, Chris. We don't naturally fit next to each other, do we? If we want to have a, if we want to have a level, there's things that have got to be shaved off or maybe I've got to be added. I don't know, maybe I need a booster seat. We might not naturally fit together. But this is where a house has to now become more than just a place where we come and have a nice, how are you doing, Chris? How's the family? Everything all right? Yeah, great. I'll see you next week. That can't be our house. Do we want to be proven as pure, genuine citizens of heaven? Where we see the fruit that comes from everything that we do, then we need to learn partnership. But in order to see partnership worked out, then we have to work out our own salvation and allow the work that Christ is working in us to be then be manifest out of us. Otherwise, everything you see, everything you see, you will only see it with the eyes of a tourist, of someone who doesn't see outside of themselves or out of your immediate family. Let's call it your family because you don't always go on a holiday on your own. You go with a couple of your loved ones. But is that us this morning? Or can we be can God stamp everyone in this house and say, we've got a working visa? Because a working visa has gone through the pledge. A working visa knows the price paid to get that citizenship. See, this is the thing. The trick is not to think that we got in free, but to realize that we got in free, but you've got to pay in installments for the rest of your life. But can we be that people this morning? We stood up and said that we will be a generation that will call down his power. We stood that will be a generation that will stand and we will praise and we will lift him higher and higher and higher. Amen? Do you want to stand? You know, 
the moment we, we need times like this where God has to, we have to look at, we have to look back at ourselves. Because you know, a tourist isn't evil. Understand that, a tourist isn't evil. It's not, they don't go there to, that's a terrorist, not a tourist. A terrorist goes into another country and causes havoc. So understand that when we say you're a t- if, if, if God is not calling you an evil person, but you're a person that God can't help because you already think you've got everything you need. But that's not us. We want to be a, a house this morning that is built and rises together to become a holy temple that God can dwell and work through by his spirit. So come on, let's just raise our hands this morning. Father God, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that we can call ourselves citizens of the, of, of the kingdom of heaven. We thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus, that you completed the, your work in order to pave the way for us to be able to be in the Lamb's book of life forever. Amen. We thank you, O oh God, that, that you have paved the way. But right now, O oh God, we say, O oh Father, that we do not want this tourist mentality in our hearts, O oh God. But Father God, we say we are your workers. We are your sons. We are your servants. We are your soldiers willing to stand on the battle line knowing that we are in the right battle knowing that we have our brother's side left and our right to us we have we have their backs they have ours and my God that we go into this together that Father God we say we want to partner with you O Lord we want to partner with you Father let our desires become your desires Father let our understanding come into your understanding O God and let and let Father God let the fruit of righteousness begin to dwell in this house through the manifestation of the work that you're doing in every individual here. My God, may discipleship change and transform each of us. My God, may the arrows be, be, be ready to be an arrow in our Father's quiver that we can be fired, oh God. Not because of we want to be there, but because we're willing to go where we are sent. Because the kingdom of heaven is upon us. Because of the, our desire is to seek first the kingdom of heaven. And my God, I pray right now, Lord God, convict us, show us, help us. Let your work, oh God, continue afresh. Let the work of Jesus become afresh in our hearts right now. Father God, take it to and give us greater capacity to, to know more. Father God, give us depth of insight right now. Father God, I pray for he- heavenly wisdom right now that as we begin to open our hearts to you, heavenly wisdom will begin to fall. Heavenly wisdom will begin to sink into our hearts so we can discern what is right. We can discern the battles to fight. We can find the, the sound in our voice that's, that will bring Jesus into the room and change every situation. Oh my God, but we surrender first to you. We surrender. We say we are servants of, of, of this kingdom. We are servants, oh God. And my God, let this be a house that is built. Come and dwell in this house, oh God. Come and dwell in this house. Come and dwell in every individual. Come and dwell in us right now, Father God. That you may move at will, unhindered by your spirit in every single one. In every single one. For the glory of your name. For the glory of your kingdom. Every here on saying, Father God, in the name of Jesus, we give thanks. And we surrender our lives. Come and consume God. All we are. We give you permission, O oh God. Our hearts are yours. Our hearts are yours, O oh God. Come and consume us. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.